Previously on Life's Bought a Song. I really want to spoil something from the third Harry Potter musical that they do, but I want to oh, keep right. it to myself for <laughs> to hear Mary's response to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold on to it. I'm gonna do hold it. on That's to okay. it. That's okay. Progeny. Yeah. So, it is always a fun time to 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 uh, figure out like what my response is gonna be. So you know, it's so like a maybe, grab bag. Maybe down the line we'll do the second one and then the third one, and then you can <laughs> the whole line. That means Love we're slated it. for three more shows or two more shows. That's great. <laughs> yes. Let's put a song so you can sing along with a special guest star two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Peace song, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's Fun a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are returning guests. They are the host of From the Top Podcast, and we're continuing on with the saga. It's Stephen Rubes and Mary Williams, and I fucked up his last name. I know I That's did. It's okay. It's okay. Rubes? Rubes. 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 I know. It's okay. It's all Rubes. good. It's it's fu- It's I- funny. <laughs> That's Most why I was know like me as the blonde guy, so it's okay. <laughs> but that's why I was like, I'm not gonna ask him. I'm just gonna do it and see if, if I have the right instincts. Because yeah, I didn't. <laughs> and we're here to continue the saga of the Star Kid Harry Potter yes. uh, trilogy with a very Potter sequel, which came out in 2010. I think yes uh the book is by matt lang nick lang and brian holden uh music and lyrics by the one and only darren chris uh directed by matt lang and there is an imdb page for this so according to imdb <laughs> well they they claim it it's a, as a they call it a tv movie so oh, because it's tv cute. movie sure it's only on cute. well they do have a lot of like funny or die or even college mm, humor stuff yes. on imdb so they're getting the YouTubes finally. Um, finally. So according to IMDb, Harry and his pals are back for more adventures when they face off against dark wizards, demented monsters, and the most horrible woman in the world, Dolores Umbridge. So strap on your diapers because it's time to go back to Hogwarts. Now, I've seen this before, way back when, but reading this, I was just like, strap on your diapers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you watch this and you're like i get it now. oh yeah i, I get, get it. it now i get I it get now it. so this is okay this is the third uh star kid show the first one was a very potter musical which we've obviously covered but then there was me and my dick which happened in 2009 october 2009 <laughs> yes so and then now it's this and then later on, it's the senior year, which you will be back to do, obviously, because you've committed to it. But and we sure have. We, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm but, so ready. I'm so, oh, great. I'm so, have you seen it already? No. Oh, no. I actually, when I was going through and watching, you know, the 900 clips that make up this musical. Jesus Christ. This one was worse than the first one. <laughs> but see, it was, uh, what's funny but though. No, 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 that- no. I mean. Yeah, 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 with, yeah, yeah. All, with all of the clips, yeah, yeah. Because I also wrote down thirty videos. Fuck, can somebody fix this? Yeah, I mean, truly, we talked about it last time that I needed to cut Still it together it. and just make. Yeah. It, I know I need to do it, but like, yeah, I saw it in the play bar as I was kind of going through. But 
honestly, for me, what having all those videos, it was less daunting for me than the first one because the first one had like 25 videos in each act. This one had 16 in one and, th- and 14 in the second. Mm. But like the n- amount of time, I spent three hours doing this, but that show is not three hours long. So where the fuck did my time go is my question. Yeah, it's probably uh, Do you have, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you have like premium? YouTube no. premium? That's where no. it went. Thank and then you. obviously the the next one has to buffer and load and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Somebody, anyway, sorry to derail the conversation. Go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say somebody at Starkid must have the full length. The full and just they just upload it. Just upload I don't it, know. Clearly you did it with later projects. Yeah, it ain't hard. Just do it. But okay, so last time we talked about the first one, a very Potter musical. Mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't listen to the episode because I forgot. And <laughs> so we're doing great, everyone. But I do I remember your candidness. <laughs> What's funny is as as I was watching this second one, the sequel, I was remembering a lot of our conversation and yes. the things that we like critiqued and the things that we liked. And I was like, oh, okay, I can talk about this and like in juxtaposition. But no, yeah, I was also bad. I did not re-listen. That's usually my MO and I, I didn't do it. But I was gonna I was gonna do it to be like, I know we because like I know we talked about how it felt like there was a lot of inside jokes with that first yes. one. Sure. But this one it felt more devised. So what I mean by that, for those of you who don't know, is that like they were like, okay, we're doing the sequel. Obviously everyone in the room or all the writers read all seven books, have seen all the movies and everything, maybe read some fanfic, who knows? But sure. like some of the jokes felt honest and it felt like they yeah. actually took their time to so, write this. Uh- first note I put to the top of my list this one felt so much more grounded than the first and uh I, grounded is the word that I used to describe it like the first one was so kitsch like grandmothers were salivating like mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this one was so much more down to earth like gopher's amusement park like in the earth it felt good (laughs) like not every inside joke and rehearsal was added and that's you know which i hated about the first one and this one there was some of that but they toned it down and it's still college like it's college you're gonna it's gonna happen but But, it felt a lot better i felt like one of the inside jokes was a sound cue which was whenever they would get rid of um whatever the cat's name is, you know, the, the Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Right. Whenever they would get rid of Crookshanks, there would be like a breaking glass sound effect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's actually funny and smart and like, <laughs> right. And stupid. <laughs> it's smart and stupid at the same time. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I also wrote down that this feels like a stronger show than the first one because Very. of um, the time. It felt like they actually were like, okay, maybe we should, take some time to marinate and work on right and i i think they had to see the success of their first one and like how it blew up a little bit and they were like guys we actually have to (laughs) we have to do something okay (laughs) well i feel like this one too also had like it, it being in being grounded i think for me it was grounded within the genuineness of the moments that were happening between characters 
where like yeah. in the first one there were a lot of like throwaway lines and it was very like campy in their relationships but like there are so many notes that I have that I'm like oh my god that moment between Ron and Harry was so good oh my mm-hmm. god the moment with Snape was so good Lupin my god he had so many good things oh my god yes it was just incredible to see that it really did feel like they the first one was like a, we're throwing this up on stage because we needed to be up on stage this one was this is on stage but we've gone through revisions and rehearsals and rewrites and and all of this stuff to really kind of give you a honed in product and i i really was delighted with the the difference between the first and the second for sure yeah um i also was just like but wait a second this is cursed child <laughs> Like, <laughs> but like, I, I, I get it that they're yeah. referencing the third book with the time turner and everything, but like, yes. also, mm-hmm. this is Cursed Child. This 100%. is what I did not see when I was in New York, and I wish I would have, but I only I have, I only read because they created a novel, they made the script into a book, kind of, oh, where like, sure. where like it's still read as a book but like they added a hardcover and an actual like design right. stuff so i but i was just like well in that one it's harry's son albert uh no severus is mm-hmm. like going back in time and fucking shit up and so <laughs> and so like when they had the <laughs> prologue if you will of lucius being like we're going to kill harry potter in his first year my brain first went wait a second the first one, the first show was like somewhere in the middle of their years at Hogwarts, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, wait a second, this is Cursed Child. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. of all the time jumps. Um, uh... But you know, the the thing I, it was almost comforting. Like it yes. was revisiting the familiar. Like I found myself cheering and grimacing sometimes at the return of some people but <laughs> it was the same way i felt about like going to the theater to watch the the shows like the new films that were coming out so that was a fun correlation for me as i was sitting down to watch this i found myself like oh yay they're back and like oh mm-hmm. that's such good casting for this new person and i went oh no, no. so it was like weird weird correlation with that so but i and i also felt like with the first one it felt more inside jokes but this one they were like no we're going to take details from the books and fuck it up totally put it in a blender and see what happens 100 well i think they got that because of this whole separate reality right or this idea of like changing time or changing things Mm -hmm. or you know but it's a parody so you get to play with you know those cliches anyway absolutely I also wrote a note to myself that I need to announce to the world dear future john don't spend the entire episode talking about umbridge Because I could. Um, And I would. When Joe Walker walked on stage again, I was like, yes. And then I went, ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Which I find it very fascinating that we are in this this world right now where drag is something that is absolutely under fire. And so to have this be And J.K. Rowling as well. Exactly. That we are talking about this at this time. I mean, John, you couldn't have planned this any better if you had tried. Like, it is just... It is perfect yeah. and beautiful. It I'm I'm giving you all the props even even if you didn't do it this way. I like, did it. I was just like, you know what? It's time for them to come back on and do the sequel. Oh, there we go. That Yay. was that was really the mindset. I didn't I I 
I forgot about Joe playing Umbridge, but like once it started, I was like, oh, yes. Perfect. Perfect. It was literal perfection. And I, I mean, I hate, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say, I absolutely hate Dolores Umbridge on film in the Harry Potter films. Hater with a passion. I would watch Joe Walker. Is that who it is? I would watch him be Dolores Umbridge all day and all night because God damn it. Is that man. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to need a minute for a hot second because I feel like Imelda Staunton who played her in the movie did such a fantastic job because you hate her so Uh much. Is that what you're saying though? Or yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. I was about to be like, Mary, are we fighting? Do I need to cancel this? We're not this? fighting. No, no, no. Okay, great. I'm not okay. canceled. Please don't cancel me. I'm not. No, right. Umbridge, Umbridge, you love to hate. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. there's Joe a Walker's me- Umbridge, I love to love. Okay, yes, I just love to love. There's a meme out there where it's like, there are some villains that you love to hate, and they show you all of the villains from Harry Potter, and then there's a picture of Umbridge. Umbridge. And, like, and then there's this, this bitch. This bitch, yeah. <laughs> and like, then there's this bitch. And then there's this bitch. But then, like, I don't know what Joe was doing because, like, he picked an accent, picked a voice that was yep. out there. It was it a wasn't, choice. It, but, like, it was a strong, great choice. It wasn't yeah. like a, ooh, what the fuck are you doing kind of a choice. <laughs> So, right, I correlated it to a, like, Cartman from South Park. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Sort of affectation. However, this was pre-2016, right? This was pre-all of this. It's 2010. There was almost a little bit of, like, Trump in there. And I went, this is so interesting. To make it, of course, the villain that everybody hates. I mean, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, and then also, I wrote down, so in this one, they also had, I, I think the first one had this too, but they put disclaimers before uh, the yes, video started. Yes, sure did. Yeah. And I was like, do you think they should update the disclaimers at the beginning to call J.K. Rowling a turf? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that uh, should happen. <laughs> because, well, because of this, and like yeah. also, um, I, I know, I know Umbridge, uh, Umbridge is we we talked about as Joe, but like it felt a little transphobic at sometimes. But I'm not sure well, if then, that's what mm. was the intent. No, yeah. but I mean it, it is something that like, especially when again when we're dealing with uh, J.K. Rowling material, like I feel like that's just going to be an undercurrent that people are going to pick up. I think, and uh, like I would agree with you that it, it was not their intention to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I mean, with the the source material as it is and the way that it was presented, I feel like there's no way that you can't not get a little bit of hint of that. Maybe. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Also- this, is, this has been coming up a lot lately on our episodes of From the Top. Like, we have had in-depth discussions of do we give parody and campy style shows leeway in this because it is a joke. It's all this overly sensationalized world that we're living in and we walk into a theater understanding that. So we forgive a lot of these non-PC things. We uh, forgive a lot of these overly uh, dramatic cliches of things. And sometimes the butt of the joke are these even marginalized communities. And so it becomes that hard discussion of, well, we understand it's a campy show, but 
we also are now remembering this was 13 years ago. It was a very, very different right. time too. Mm-hmm. It was, di- but I was also thinking about like um, some of Dumbledore's lines pertaining to Umbridge where yeah. he calls her a man. Yep, absolutely. And like, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I have it written down. They they need to either pick a pick a lane with, with where Umbridge is. Pick a lane. Well, because I mean, Joe Walker is jacked in this. Like he, you see oh. the buff arms, and like that, and like they made that as a joke for Umbridge as a character yeah. where she worked on everything. But like, honestly, it felt like. Okay, what is the male equivalent to a pants roll? Because that's what it felt like. It didn't feel yeah. like Joe was no, you're totally fun right. of anything. Like no, it, besides the voice, like the voice is whatever. But like, I don't know. It felt like he was honest when he was talking about men and like mama and like I'm your mama now. Like, I think yeah. he was being very authentic to it, and I mean, you could tell that too in the audience reaction, which I thought was just sublime because like there were more audience reactions in this that were genuine than in comparison to the first one and i Mm. i feel like uh, projecting probably a little bit because this character is one that is universally like you hear the name dolores umbridge and no one's like oh my god i love her it's like like it's grimace immediately he knew that going into it but he still played it in a way that she was memorable and not just because it was from the source material like it was there was a little bit of like she was vile when she needed to be but then she was genuinely authentic at some points especially when it came to her gender like i thought that you know like joe walker played that very very authentically in that umbridge knows that she is female although like dumbledore keeps saying that oh i thought you were a man Mm-hmm. She's like, no, no, I am actually a woman. And I think that that was, it, whether or not it was intentional, was very strong. It was a good choice. I liked it. I mean, it's great that we're having this conversation 13 years later, but like, 13 years oh, later. right, I know, I know. But like, that's that's the thing too. Like, gender really wasn't in the conversation of the world back then. Mm-mm. So, I mean, it, it, and like, he did a great job. But like, the same could be said about lauren lopez as malfoy which mm-hmm. she's reprising the role but like oh, liquid playing... malfoy i Hashtag literally cheered malfoy. when she came on screen i did i was <laughs> so happy i mean i wish there was more of her because like obviously comedy com- comedic genius gold but gold. what we got was amazing oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean and... i could do without the potty humor and the diaper jokes but everything else was pretty good don't know that just added another layer of draco that i appreciate because because then you get because then you get like the button of the of the drawing where he's on the potty yes yeah literal potty humor so i think that was the it's a personal choice and i but i think the ultimate payoff is when luna comes in at the end i know (laughs) and that is like the uber like button on the joke where she's like make sure you wear your diaper when you go to pig farts and you're like oh my god there it is there it is and Uh... like what i what i also really liked about this one is that it felt like the origin story for the jokes that they had in the first one yes it's it's like the parallel world but not and but Mm -hmm. it all the puzzle pieces fit together so well and it was where, yeah where you're like oh that makes sense why ron is wearing the sweatband yes 
they they realized we have to make sense of some of the inside jokes and weird choices we made. Let's let's ground our previous work as well. So Here's now we it, now it all works together. So mm-hmm. I I really did appreciate that. Um. Also, but so. I also wonder because Mary, I know you're tech and Steven, you're like you're an actor, but you get understand tech stuff. But like, how did they do this show and the first one without mics? That's what I don't understand. I I would love to see just a full scope picture of how big this theater is because if it is like a black box studio, like I understand because some of it seems like it's black box studio to me which uh, I've, I've performed in many a time and so i understand the no no need because it's this boxy cavern that just echoes on itself so i be- i believe this is i mean obviously there i think this is when they're still in college the yeah actors the performers mm-hmm. so uh m- at the university of michigan everyone huzzah uh huzzah, huzzah. But- i have i have a couple friends i know that went there and I think it was around this time so they I think that they've talked about these shows happening so that's amazing because like I've seen other ones and I feel like well I know in the third one they have mics so they do have microphones so like uh, I guess I guess with popularity they got a bigger budget and everything but still like as a performer I guess Steven you're the only one who can answer this but (laughs) as a performer like it's difficult to do to sing against a band, right? I mean, depends on where the band is. If the band is truly in that pit in front of you, good luck not, you know, blown out of vocal cord every night. I do not know how old Broadway did it. Like, good on them. But <laughs> to feel I mean, that for stage, our version man. of Spring Awakening, we had the band in the stage with oh. us while we were. I mean, I'm also, I, I mean, I have been, I've been, I think, equal parts of performer and a technician, I think, in okay. here. And, um, you know, that's one of the, th- I, I, I would, I have always performed without a microphone and Spring Awakening with Steven and I, that was our initial like meet cute was that show. That yeah. was the first time I had ever actually had a microphone on stage and like had a headset mic before. And I had to remember that I had it because I am so used to being able to project over a band that like I blew out my microphone and our sound technician went, you have to back this off, Mary. You're going to kill my microphones. You got to learn that this is Just right redlining the whole time. Yeah, cause I, well, cause I had the Britney mic. Like I didn't have like a hair, a hair uh, mic. I had a you Britney had the, microphone. The, oh, the, like the one that like yeah. curves the cheek and everything. Yep, totally the Yep. And it was, I mean, I don't know, like it's something that looking at the the stage the way it was and the camera angles from like where this person was filming the show, it does, like Steven said, it does feel like a black box theater in that the stage is at audience level. So there isn't, you know, any kind of like separation of it might rise in the back. I'm not sure, but yeah, that I would be very interested. But yeah, I I don't know if as as a performer I would have been like scared to Mm-mm. to try to make sure I was heard if the band's like in the back behind all of the set like it muffles that a little bit anyway so I don't know but yeah I agree um good on them for doing this mic list again because that's always hard it's always harder and uh, and also I'm on the star kid uh wikipedia page right now and I should just note that this is the last time that they perform at the university every other show is done elsewhere so oh, that's so cool so, <laughs> that's what money does <laughs> yeah so they they go to chicago for the next few ones and then there's a then they go to la 
and then there's like a bunch of other places that they do um well, shit okay <laughs> right well now they're doing all like they created a world they created a mm. town where all this crazy sci-fi horror shit is happening and it's amazing oh, uh yeah i'm so excited about all the stuff that i see them coming out and all the promo and previews of things i'm like what mm. this looks so cool oh yeah uh, i mean we're watching the beginnings of where Correct. they started oh, yeah uh, uh sure. mary have you seen the later ones Mm-mm. okay you're gonna okay i know well hey we're oh. taking it from the top from <laughs> the, top. the top you didn't give me the cue Stephen. i'm so Dang sorry it. i was okay. so late one more time from, one more time. The top. from the top oh i was still late again that's okay it's okay two, one yeah. more time and woman. three two one go from the top there we go <laughs> it only took you guys three tries <laughs> i know hey it's, it's <laughs> always it's always a struggle doing this remotely <laughs> the whiskey is hitting so no. i'm a little slow <laughs> well there's also well it's the whiskey it's the two second delay whiskey <laughs> that's what i'll say <laughs> obviously I mean. um so okay in this show there's more double casting and everything like how did we feel did we like it hate it what's going on what are we feeling about that my favorite is the is uh goyle right yeah goyle and ferenz yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i got the the biggest kick out of ferenz like one of my notes that i wrote down is just all caps and it's the tiny butt on the centaur with a bunch of exclamation points because it's like it was so perfect because it was so campy and like I actually really enjoyed my favorite double casting was Arthur Weasley and then fucking you know poster guy fucking not <laughs> team Jacob right like that was my oh, favorite yeah. double casting truly like I've got so many notes about Arthur Weasley and his voice. It's just it's hysterical. I, but like I think that's such a great it's such a great nod to the fact that that's what you do in theater if you have as long as your characters aren't on stage at the same time. I mean, it doesn't really detract from the show and the fact that it's it speaks to the acting prowess of your performer to be able to separate those two characters and not confuse your audience was just mwah, chef's kiss. It was sublime. My other favorite was when they're doing the time travel shit and then they have they have like the actors playing the the crew you know harry uh ron hermione and draco but then they have another set who look nothing Nothing. like them nothing i think neville longbottom (laughs) plays like harry in one of those like reenactments it was probably so good Uh, Oh, I loved Lucius. He kind of, mm. like every time he was on stage, oh, I was rolling. Yes, yes. But the dancer in you liked Lucius because he was just dancing I mean, all over the stage. Had to had to do it. Yeah, obviously. But it was just all like all the all the crap. The um, I I had to pause because I was laughing so hard when Harry wakes up from being tied to the chair, and then Lucius is like sitting there with he's like, "Okay, we're gonna do this," and like he's doing all his ballet, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is perfection." This is the thing. <laughs> but like, I mean, and also it's funny that like Lucius does all of this like ballet, balletic choreography, and everything where. Uh, he'll make a point and is like doing kicks and shit like that but then yeah 
Um, on the reverse, you have Draco, who does a lot of floor work, a lot mm-hmm. of rolling around and everything. Right. I really, I, I wish there was like a documentary on how they made this. Oh God, I'd watch it in a second. Any <laughs> I mean, New they, York minute. I know Starkid did like a a ten year reunion not that long ago, and they oh, probably cute. did talk about that. Yeah, but or well, yeah, yeah, twenty, yeah, twenty ten, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. So like in 2019, right smack in the middle of the pandemic, like let's just put him in the pandemic. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Um, Gross. okay, where do we want to go? I don't. I I'm open to anything at this because I open to anything. Yeah. I loved this one. Do you want to talk about the songs a little bit? Let's talk. Let's do that. Since let's do a it. Musical based podcast. I was um, about to give you all of my hashtags. So good, get me away from the hashtag war because I. Oh my. God. Okay, but now I need your like top three hashtags. Top three hashtags. Go. Oh, okay. Well, they're pretty much the only three hashtags that I put in here. Hashtag butt trumpet. Uh, yep. Hashtag I am woman, hear me smash. <laughs> um, hashtag Shia LaBeouf, the prince douche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my oh, yeah. only, my only, okay, well, now I'm going to give you all five. Hashtag, ah, magic. Oh. And then hashtag bring it, motherfucker. Bring it, motherfucker. <laughs> How did we feel about the songs this time around? I mean, I'm not going <gasps> to lie to you. Oh, I have so many loves. Oh, I love it. The downside, though, I can't hum a single one of them. I can't no. hum a single one of them. I no. have the note. They. It feels like there are less songs in this one. There are. Yeah. I feel like there totally are. And so what it means is they edited. And I kept on fighting on whether that was a good thing or bad thing. Because there were huge bouts of time that there was no songs. Mm-hmm. And right. I was like, huh, is this a musical? And then I forgot it was a musical. And then they burst into a song. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I. But the songs that were chosen, I loved Hermione's song that was actually super heartfelt about the coolest girl girl, which because we've Mm -hmm. just come off of Heather's Mm -hmm. covering that on our podcast I I was making the correlations of Martha Dump Truck and I was just like oh I don't want to but I oh yeah Yeah. that song was um her song it was a good ballad and I was like if you put the instrumental of like Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On or like anything from Waitress like it would have worked so she got pipes I have to give her credit totally I do feel like Hermione can't draw slash Lupin can't sing is an inside joke song oh I it has to be something because all I wrote is this is weird and I put a lot of ellipses there so it felt (laughs) out of place 100% it really did. I, uh, uh, every, so when I was taking these notes, I, I, to give myself like context of like what I was documenting, I would put the music note emoji like in front of it and assume that I knew what the title of the song was. Um, my favorite one besides Hermione's, um, you know, coolest girl was, um, when Harry, when Harry sang home, that song was literally such a be. it's not called home but when it's he's not. talking about like finding a home and like oh, you know it's what, called to have a home to have a home okay so yes. I was close. but that song was so it was probably the first moment that i went um oh my god what a nice ballad what an authentic moment it was so beautiful and only followed closely by getting along with oh, umbridge god. and dumbledore like 
straight mm. out of hairspray at Nen Wilbur. Like it totally. was just one thousand. Yeah. So I did cute. write down. This is amazing. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, um, I, I really that. liked Let the Games Begin too, which the whole Quidditch. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. It yes. was fun to see them play Quidditch. So <laughs> Which is which is hilarious because I know that there are some colleges have adopted a Quidditch team. And I'm like, why? You're running around. What? So like so, but like when yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. this, you're like, ah, you're making you're doing it right. Bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're it's a joke, obviously. You're not playing Quidditch, you're quote unquote playing Quidditch. Yes. So, uh, what I did, I really liked the lead up to Stutter, which was, um, I don't know whose song that was off the top of my head, but there, it, it felt like this is where they took advantage of the fact that it was a film. Like, we are watching the film. I don't know if they did this on stage, but um, whoever it was did like no multiple times where they went, no, 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 no. And then they right. just say, oh, is this, this is an Umbridge song, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Joe Walker, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I really liked, I really liked that because I was just like, oh, you guys are now experimenting with your filming of things. Right, sort of seeing they know that this is going to be online. They know this is where they're going to see all of their audience from. I was starting to see a lot of that in even uh, the opening number, not over yet. Just like on beats, they would make sure that the cuts were on those like beats and those things. So I think this really is that sort of birth of, oh guys, I think we have something here that can become something bigger in Mm Starkid Productions. And also with like some of the Red Vine jokes where they would play oh, to yeah. camera be like hey oh my God. we can promo oh those red vine oh all the way so through. many times i'm so like cheeky, cheeky call to the to the camera for red vines and of course ron's line of like who do, you don't want red vines is the entire world gone mad like it was very a uh, raul julia <laughs> moment from adam's family that made mm. me very happy but like, you know, when Steven and I on from the top, when we talk about like that moment in music where like it gives you goosebumps because everything is matching exactly where it's supposed to. When they say goodbye in that final number in that closing, uh, um, the in that closing number going back to Hogwarts. Oh, going back um, to Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah. Like it or, or maybe it wasn't Days of Summer, Um, but it was just like the the four of them, Malfoy and Hermione and Ron and Harry all sing acapella and they sing goodbye and i was just like yes. oh yeah every bit of my heart went oh my god i remember why i love theater and holy fuck those kids are so talented god damn it i wonder i wonder what year a lot of these people were in at the time of this like if they I were don't know, graduating but I'm so curious i'd love to know it also felt like this was the year that they took stage combat <laughs> Yep. Finally. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wrote I did write that down because there was a lot of nap nap. Am I using the right term? Nap when they uh, Yeah, take when a they hit. when they simulate the hip. Yeah. Correct. So there was a lot of naps happening. There was a lot of uh, I, I mean, I almost took a real nap, you know, whatever, during this because <laughs> it's so fucking long. 30 videos, everyone. I um, but like there was a there was a lot of fights happening. There was a hilarious sword fight <laughs> oh my 
when the moment when umbridge actually like uh, neutralizes harry because like he's supposed to do and then she like grabs his arm like with a pull through and holds him there and says mm-hmm. you know maybe if i just broke off your fingers and i'm like that was about that was one of my moments where i went "Ooh, this bitch is terrifying yeah wow I also... it was a great moment of stage combat like the control that joe walker has to be able to hold him and not actually hurt him was just was beautiful because uh, yeah i was just watching this and i was like there's a lot of punches happening in this one i wonder if this is the year mm-hmm. <laughs> well, i mean like... god in the beginning with all the weasleys with the slap that goes all the way to Ginny. Like... <laughs> yes yes yeah and even then and like um there's a few fights that happened that it was like i didn't even see the hand up to the face for the clap to happen the nap no. to happen it was so. really good and that is K-N-A-P, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Great. Nap. <laughs> I did write down, though, that for Days of Summer, the second to last song, it, it did feel like the choreography for that was not well rehearsed. No. It was a little loose, Patricia. It was, uh, <laughs> they needed, they needed a few more rehearsals. So like, like I maybe concur. that was... <laughs> Maybe that was a last minute song. It was the 11th hour. Oh, guys, we need to make sure we have choreography for this, but we're about to go into our dress rehearsal tech week. So I can only imagine Steven being the dance captain uh, behind the, uh, you know, the director's table, just in the audience watching people do this and just the ulcer. I can hear it just slowly forming. They would have been there until three in the morning that night. They would not have been allowed to leave. So no, because if we can't do spring awakening with less than 85% angst, those guys shouldn't have been able to do that with at least 85% joy. Like (laughs) come at me again. Like, but I, but I feel like though, out of the entire show itself, like that is the, really the only clunker and like, I'm, I'm allowed I'm allowing it. I'm That's letting also it. really the only choreographed number I felt like the really like a really big like yeah, all they, cast choreography. Yeah, there really was this wasn't super super dancey per se. They had those dance numbers, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's because it's also the style of the show. I'm not gonna like completely ruin it for it, but yeah, I agree with you, John. I think that the that was really the only quote unquote clunker. So it's yeah, like I, agree. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> Like literally laughing out loud at moments. Mm-hmm. A lot of them is umbrage moments, but like still, the, even like the the scarf of sexual orientation or whatever. I'm so glad they brought that back and made it like a key point because it was just an in passing comment in the first one. Oh, and and I... the fact that it was with the sorting hat. Yeah, yes. yes. so good, so good, brilliant. Um, but then. Uh, I mean, also, it felt like um, I wrote this down and I just saw it in my notes. At least Cho's entrance isn't racist this time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. At least. Yeah, we aren't just sharps and flats yet, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, I mean, she still did her job, I feel like. She did her job. And yeah. I bought it, and it was better than the first time. So. Yes. And then they were probably also, like, Ooh, maybe we won't ooh. do. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe that. It's just hashtag ooh. Just ooh. guttural. <laughs> yeah, guttural throat sound is just 
what's funny is that like I had the subtitles on on YouTube and like watching the subtitles for some of those things audience says ooh (laughs) (laughs) I also wrote down I also wrote down Darren Chris is kind of funny and I hate myself for thinking this way yeah a little bit (laughs) Yeah. But like I just, but like I have to wonder was this kind of like another inside joke because the writer of the libretto of the show has now over time wrote it into the show that Harry Potter is a douche ergo Darren Chris is a douche and like then there was the whole I covered Disney songs on my socials oh. thing oh and I was like God. is this Darren Chris making fun of himself did he ad lib this in or was this like actual script writing that the person writing the script is dogging Darren Chris for so and wait wait when did this happen hold on let me I need to double check something real quick what live this is May 2010 they performed this he may have been cast already on Glee at this point I I'm gonna say he had been he had to have been because when did we meet the wonderful warblers it was um, season three or four of Glee two oh it was two so it had to have been because that debuted in 2006 or 2007 no it debuted it debuted I'm sorry to correct you uh, no 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 it's fine uh, Glee was 2009 I believe yeah Glee was season it? one was, it was 2009 oh, um, boy. okay wait so he may have gotten cast but he may not have been actually filming yet because uh, the first episode of season two premiered in September 2010. And then he doesn't show up until like later. Yeah. He doesn't show up until like a few episodes later. So who knows when, but like he literally went from this to that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think this probably launched him to be able to go on to Glee. Mm-hmm. In that way, yeah. like he already had this mass following from all this these Starkid productions, so they probably looked at him like, "Oh, we can get other viewers in interest." So, um, yes, <laughs> in the Muggle world, I'm something called a douchebag. <laughs> I yes. couldn't write down the rest of the quotes, but like the fact that he he said something about you know like I'm I'm always playing on my guitar when everyone just wants me to shut up, and then I make covers of Disney songs. My brain went, oh, I know like three people that match that description. And that was, and that may have been like, where does Harry, where does the character end and Darren start? <laughs> right. <laughs> or where does Darren end and, the, and, and Harry the Potter start? Right? Right? Oh, yeah. God. Well, because you do, because they call themselves out essentially in that moment too. Like, to be a part of Gryffindor, you kind of have to have this bravado, right? This sort of douchebaggery. Yeah. yeah, you kind of have to be a douchebag. To be part of that house, right? Yeah, just a little bit. bit. But you just, you got to have the cojones to like Micro. go do something, so. Yeah. And I do want to give a shout out to Jerry Richter who played Ron. I mean, he's Aww. also doing the Lord's work. Both, I mean, and he did very, I feel like he did very well in the first one too. He was I, really I, great. I think I pancaked him in the first one because he was not my, not my bag. But okay. I give him credit in this one because yeah. it seems to have 180 for me because I see, I feel like I was like, nah, he wasn't it. Like we gave him, what was it? You, you, I think you told the story of he found the wig, ergo he got to play Ron. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Because <laughs> it was nothing. But yeah. this one, he actually feels like, oh, it doesn't feel so out and of place. 
and Bonnie Grusin, who played Hermione, like reprising her role of that, like she good. It was so good. Fantastic Literal job. Fire. I mean, I mean, it felt like to reiterate everything we've been saying and to circle back to what we started with. Like, yeah, the first one was like, let's just put it out there. We have this, we have this great idea. Let's just do it. You know, we'll be like three dollar budget or whatever. But I feel like. With this one, everyone grew. The writers, the actors, yeah, the, totally. the characters even. Because they were like, okay, we we know our jokes and our bits as my character, but like, let's expand on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let, what happens when you get to sit with that character for years? Like, that's right. great, right? Yeah. But like, what's weird about this is that this is supposed to be a prequel in a way to the a very potter yeah. musical i mean it's sorry let me rephrase that it is it is a sequel but like the story itself takes place beforehand so like while the actors are comfortable playing these parts like they are um allegedly in this one oh god i'm ruining i'm my brain is hurting it myself i am gonna stop talking no if i if I, well maybe i'll take the reins so i'll, I'll uh-huh. take the baton because i think Thank what you. you're trying to say is the actor themselves has to put themselves in a new place where they are fresh to the role as opposed to yes. having come in already having substantial relationships with everyone already and ergo they have to re or they have to birth these relationships in these moments in the sequel, as opposed to, you know what I'm saying? You know, is that what you were saying? Steven gets me. Perfect. <laughs> it's always Steven weird gets when a you... lot of people, so that's why we're friends. It's always, uh, it's just, it's it's just always hard to talk curious. about. Yeah, yes. It's always hard to talk <laughs> about, like, uh, time travel stuff, because you're just like, oh God, now I'm spinning and my brain needs to sit down and really think about what I'm saying. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, uh, but and also in this one, I mean, I kind of found it funny at times, but like they bleeped fuck again. So <laughs> we had everything else, but then we did not let them have fuck. Yeah, I, I feel like there was one fuck that they let slide, but then every the other ones they bleeped. The first time that Dolores says she's a chubby fuck, and that was the only one that you got, and then everything else <laughs> was like, oh, God. Did, oh, wait, didn't Lupin have a few? I feel like Lupin maybe might have been the first fuck, but I would have liked it if it was Dolores, especially with this whole backstory of, like, her eating cheesecake <sighs> and then eating protein <laughs> falcon eggs and rocks. <laughs> yes. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I have a last question. Uh, right. Who, who, in your opinion, stole the show, Umbridge or Malfoy? I know it, for me it's Umbridge because fucking amazing. But like, Ooh. Malfoy did have some great, great moments. I mean, Draco. Let me, let me. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like Lucius is fantastic, but like he wasn't. It's on a minor. Lot. It's minor. Yeah, and it's weird that like he oh. starts the show. And then, like, two-thirds of the way through Act 1, he comes back. And you're like, why? (laughs) Where where were you? I have to say, oh, that's so hard. Because I think only just because of... Let's just say I was... Because of the first show, the first hair of Harry Potter musical, and then coming into this one, I knew what I was going to get from Draco with this, you know 
recast of the same person. I knew what I was going to expect. It was a delightful surprise to see the villain be cast again as the villain. And then they hit it out of the ballpark and then command the stage every time they were on as this new villain. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to have to say Umbridge stole the show for me. Okay. What about you, Mary? I, so I think I'm going to say that uh, for, for me, Umbridge stole the show simply because of exposure, because she was in our face from like the first part of the show and like obviously the introduction of you know because i i have a hashtag liquid malfoy or like yay liquid malfoy because you know but i mean just like melts in on the stage and rolls over and does a bunch of stuff but i you know i know that malfoy is going to be sorry that draco is going to be a part of this so i think the reason umbridge stole the show is because umbridge was a new character into this world Mm -hmm. and so i was more intrigued by that and then the sub level of that it being joe walker like steven said a villain cast as a new villain so i think that's kind of what drew my eyeball to it but i will give an honorable mention to draco because i love the character development of draco seeing them be able to go from hated kind of you know obviously like just playing your classic you know villain rival to then yeah to the rival and then being the one who ended up saving you know kind of the day and then you know having this this quad now of the four people together was just super cute but yeah i umbridge umbridge was the she was the star for me i think just because of her newness i think into the world and see, we didn't talk about her the whole episode. Like I said, we I would. Did it. <laughs> we did it. We did like half. It was like half. It was half. It was like half. Yeah. Uh, I have to shout out to that centaur, though. <laughs> yes. Oh, Byron's, my God. Yes. It was lovely. The, so the way that they would say, like, centaurs, they were like, centaurs Cent- or whatever. Centaurs. 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 <laughs> was so, and like, yeah, it was, this was just, leaps and bounds everything that bugged me about the first one it seems to have been fixed in this one and it 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 just it was great i snaps uh is there anything else y'all want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat i had to die a little bit because hermi won was maybe my favorite line in the show because (laughs) as a young american montana boy uh oh <laughs> i had no idea how to say hermione i had no idea so mm-hmm. me reading these books growing up i was like yeah that name <laughs> is that character and That's i had no is. idea how yeah. to say it so the fact that like, hermione won and i went yep <laughs> <laughs> another what's moment really, i had to pause so it's really it interesting fun. If you listen to audiobooks, if you listen to the first four books in the series, Jim Dale says Voldemort, not Voldemort. Uh-huh. And it's and it's and then he changes it because I think the first movie came out around book five or after book four. So he's he was giving in like the first I think it's four, the first four audiobooks, he's giving it like a little French. Like Voldemort. Yeah, like you don't pronounce the T kind of a thing, but then obviously he changed it. So that's a fun fact for you. Also, another fun fact that I that I realized there's a line in the show that says all fathers care for their sons. 
Do you guys know where that's from? Because I had to no. look it up. All fathers care for their sons, and I, I was trying. I, I when I said it, I was trying to think of where it came from, and I couldn't. You will never guess where it's from because it's from the 1990 movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. See what? the Phantom of the Pod. The Phantom of the Pod would have guessed that because he's a savant in that way. He would have been like, "Well, oh obviously, it's from this." But I was just like, "This is clearly a reference to something. It's not Harry Potter reference." What is it? There's another one that they did where they say any happy little thought for Oh yes, whenever when oh, they're doing it's the Peter Pan terms. reference. Oh that's Peter Pan reference. okay. Just uh, think happy thoughts. Yes. Any happy little thought? Like Got it. Yeah. That's of what that is. So they can fly. Well, I of course assistant directed and choreographed that show. So But it but like <laughs> and this is great. <laughs> But this is great that they're pulling references from pop culture now instead exactly. of just them in their little yeah. acting classroom or whatever. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about the how a little convoluted like the drawing reference thing is, but I did sort of in a way appreciate that entire scene and Malfoy Draco talking about... <sighs> Like the progression of Draco in that scene of like here making fun of you. Oh wait, but that's a really good drawing. Maybe I can take it back. Like mm-hmm. the whole the whole yes. arc of that scene was pretty good. And then I was correlating it to like white privilege and just being like the douchebag again. But then uh, it was essentially the meme of that bicycle guy thrusting the rod into his wheel and then um, blaming I, someone else. It, I, it, yeah. I love that Yaxley genuinely loved that drawing. It was so good. I was just like, okay. It was good shading. You know, it was, is that cross hatching I see in there? Look at you. Like that moment, I obviously laughed out loud because it was like, oh yeah. Yeah. And then all of Firenze's moments, I was like, what is happening? Uh, Tiny, tiny centaur butt. I was so Died. <laughs> All right, let's get into sharp and flat on center butt, shall we? <gasps> yeah, major sharp, <laughs> major sharp totes. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp, and if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Um, what do we want to start with? Do we want to start with the bad because we're, we're giving this so much love? Let's start sure. with the flats. Sure. Because I didn't really have that many flats to begin with. I didn't either. Mm-mm. I'm going to go first then because do, do it. it. My podcast. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm flatting the 30 videos because come on, guys. It's been, well, it's been almost 13 years. Make it one. This will make all of them one giant video, please. And thank you because we're obviously going to be covering future ones it's true you have to wonder though maybe it is to get the advertising out and get that coin get that coin honey well no this is this is because back when they first uploaded it oh that's you could only upload up to like 15 minutes yeah 15 minutes yeah and this is the deja vu conversation because we absolutely were like god Mm -hmm. but yeah so annoying um my other flat now this is just because of the recording of it um the inconsistency of the audio because like 
they turn away and they say a line, you can't hear anything. And then they come back and like, oh my God, you can hear. And I just yep. did a bit before recording to Mary and Stephen about this. So I'm glad I brought it back. <laughs> Coming around. Um, and then my last flat is not enough. Jamie Lynn Beatty, who played Rita Skeeter and Ginny. I have seen her in other things. I love her. She's amazing. And like Ginny in the first one was like a very prominent character. If I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. So, not enough her. Flat, fuckers. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and that's all I got, because I was, like, thoroughly entertained. So I, much of this, yeah. And I just, like, um, didn't really take notes, because I was, like, having fun watching. Same. Like, the, <laughs> I found myself, it was a hard, I didn't want to stop and pause and take the yeah. note because i wanted to keep going but yeah i um flat on i think it could have done more uh could have had more music i think there could have mm. been more songs in this that replaced some of the dialogue and moved the plot forward um i flat some of the comments dumbledore makes toward umbridge 100 percent. oh yeah yeah i should i uh, should have written that down too <laughs> i flat that as well and um, i think mary agrees too <laughs> Yeah. Sure do. <laughs> I'm going to flat the few remaining inside jokes that I caught that I didn't really get, but I did laugh at. So is it really a flat? <laughs> well, you're going to flat the, oh, idea, the fact that it's an inside joke rather yeah. than yeah. a pop culture joke or something. Yeah. Um, and the one major sort of thing I uh, will flat we talked at length how, much, how great Joe Walker was every now and then I could see him thinking and it was almost a character drop and it was almost a uh, it was it was not I rarely give like negative comments on like a performance but this living as it is because it only exists once with their mm. two or three performances with this character I have to say there were moments where as great as his portrayal was and the funny moments he did I did find flaw in uh, the ability for the character to progress. Sometimes the lines he was saying was just to, he seemed to say them just to get through them. And I could see the weird cogs turning in his head now and then. I'm so glad you're giving him notes 13 years later. I know. I'm like, hey, take a note. <laughs> uh, Mary, what are your flats? I love that Steven is like, take a note because we made the joke on our show that's like, Steven do. doesn't get notes. Yeah. Steven never gets notes. Never. Gets so notes. I find that very funny. Um, You know, honestly, I'm going to say to you, I only had really one flat that was, I guess, different from what the two of you have both said because I don't want to reiterate things have already been said. Um, I am not a huge fan of toilet humor to begin with. And so like the whole like potty joke and like the, I mean, I get the whole, like the diaper reference is fine. Like, okay, haha, like that's fine. But like going through it further just made me cringe a little bit and took me out of the story for a minute. Cause that's just personally not something that I find funny. So like that stuff kind of drug on for me a little bit and could have done without that. But I mean, truly, that was my only real flat of this show. Everything else was very, I, you know, like Steven mentioned, we give it a pass because it's campy. I totally was finding better moments in this than flat. And like, I remember in our first, when we talked about, you know, the um, A Very, very Potter musical, 
I asked you, like, where do I get my two hours back that I wasted watching this musical? <laughs> and now I'm here to tell you I do not believe that. I love the fact that I spent three hours watching this. Although I do not like that I did it in 30 videos, I really yes. did like the content of it. Um, so yeah, that's my one major flat. It's just I'm not a huge fan of potty humor, but otherwise I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. To, just to ask you, do you think though the joke at the end, the I guess I get another button on the potty humor that Draco is half a house elf? Uh, do you think though <laughs> that was like worth it and paid off, or are you like I? Because, like, they did do the toilet joke multiple times. I will agree mm-hmm. with you on that. But, like, I laughed when they realized that he was ha- half house elf, and that's the leading cause of house elf, house elves' deaths. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in that in that regard, I really, I love the fact that it did button itself at the end and it came back around and gave Luna and Draco a means to be able to kind of connect and for Draco to go, oh my God, she's the girl of my dreams. Like that part of it is totally fine. The correlation that he is, that Draco is part house elf, love that. Like that's totally fine. But it's the whole, like the description of how Draco has to squat over the toilet and then take the diaper off. Like those are things where I'm like, I don't necessarily need to do that. But the concept itself that it was that it does nod back to Hermione mentioning that in the beginning and like those things, perfect storytelling devices. I loved that it resolved itself, but everything, the muddiness in the middle, I'm just like, I could do without that. Oh, right. Because they do. She does have like a sort of throwaway line at the beginning to talk about. At the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it comes back at the end. Um, Okay. Well, and just like true to the fourth film doesn't get talked about nope <laughs> throughout not the even whole a little bit. thing it was just the plot line that got erased a, so. So, a whole subplot in the book that they were like <laughs> you get one line um Hi. okay so sharps i love the mixing of the novels like the details the yeah again that yeah. to t- to be able to take that into so many lanes and put that all together into one cohesive storyline props to that 1000 you are so on like i mean i get it that they use the first book as the prime reference point yeah cuz then they throw in umbridge then they throw in speed and they throw in this and that and you're like this actually makes sense like i'm not I'm not confused, but then again, I'm also like a fan of Harry Potter. In uh, a way. Right. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I understand it, but like, I feel like if a person who never read a book, never saw a film of Harry Potter, if I showed this to them, I feel like they would be like, yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I also want to sharp Lauren Lopez and Draco Malfoy. I'm giving mm-hmm. them one line because. Absolutely. Because the writing of Draco Malfoy was so smart and well done, but then Lauren Lopez, like, created magic. Um, oh. My other, my other. I, I felt so bad for Draco sometimes. Oh, totally right, but like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, like the way that she, the physicality, the way that yeah, she yeah, can yeah. tell jokes and everything. I'm like, yes, we, uh, um, like Harry's a dick, but like, <laughs> she played it very well. <laughs> Um, my other, my other sharp, and I think the two of you are also going to agree with this, is Joe Walker and Umbridge. Of course, uh, I mean, oh, obviously, of course, this is this is a masterclass. 
<laughs> truly though that's a mood that's a big that's a, mood um i wrote also harry potter parentheses darren chris admitting he's a douchebag yeah there we go yes. <laughs> big, big sharp 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 uh Firen's another sharp uh oh, God. lucius's dance blocking i mean i don't know what else to call it because it's not really choreography truly stage movement yeah i don't know yeah (laughs) whatever it is and then my last sharp to kind of bring it around this conversation too is draco being half elf (laughs) like it was so good it comes out of nowhere and you're like okay this tracks too (laughs) oh fuck i mean my note that just is all caps that says fucking dobby what like that is yeah (laughs) oh my god okay so steven what are your jarps george weasley to me was actually amazing he had this edwin uncle albert from mary poppins whole thing going on and i was into it arthur weasley Arthur arthur weasley yes sorry arthur weasley that was i was i was like the siblings were only in one scene (laughs) yep no uh father weasley yes yeah father Uh, weasley i like it yep um i sharp heavily uh overall lupin as a whole character i loved all the humor he had uh he could also get it because he was a little cutie uh but then adorable uh Everything I hated about Dumbledore in the first one, I kind of loved in this one. And I don't know if that's just because I was used to it or I knew what I was getting into, but Dumbledore uh, was actually a great (laughs) portrayal in this one to me. Well, I mean, because like I said earlier, this feels like we're getting the... Fuck, my words are so hard right now, everyone. Um, You're doing fabulous. (laughs) Oh, because we're getting the origin stories of things yeah. that was in the first one. So maybe that's why? To give yeah. You, yeah. I'm to still going to flat his little little slip-ons, though. <laughs> I love that you are flatting the slip-ons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it hindered his ability to do choreography in uh, getting along, so... <laughs> but he had a good voice oh my god there's dissension uh steven do you have any other sharps i i I mean overall just the way that they were able to string together these stories kind of like you're saying and take notes from their first one into their second sequel and make it cohesive and make everything make sense i think is a major sharp so i i'm gonna piggyback off of you and just be like the growth of everyone on stage and off stage yeah. like yeah. the the writing the the stronger writing i mean although the songs aren't hummable and i can't remember any single one right now i feel like they were also stronger god damn it darren chris i hate you <laughs> i hate that i'm complimenting <laughs> you but like i feel like it is every this one was just stronger of a of an in, of a piece yeah, well, and we just, uh, right before we covered Heather's, we covered Ruthless the musical, and we both oh. agreed, Mary and I, were that this music isn't necessarily memorable, but when you're watching it in the moment, it's absolutely what needs to be there, and it affects you the way theater is supposed to, so. Yes. 
Get I'm out sorry. of my brain, Steven. I was totally going to say that <laughs> same exact thing. Sorry. Ugh. It's not like you guys have been friends for years or anything. I know. What? No. Uh, Mary, what are your sharps? Oh my gosh. I mean, like I said, most of the notes that I took of this were just very, very positive things. I think boiling it down, my first sharp would be the ability that the cast had to be able to create these really genuine and authentic moments between the between each other and really help build the world that we were in because we know harry potter as a pop culture reference but i think like we've talked about if you were going to show this to somebody who has never seen harry potter you would show like people would understand the authenticity of the relationships between people. And I'm a huge sucker for authenticness when it comes to being on stage because you're not supposed to be lying to people. You're supposed to be living your own truth in a world that you are building with other people. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated the authenticness of those moments. Um, A second sharp that I would give the show is the technical prowess between the first one and the second one. The werewolf costume scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Oh, my god and, and the fact that it's puppeted by two people yes is i was like absolutely sublime yeah and the fact that we integrated a lot of puppetry into the show the sorting hat and the scarf of sexual preference both of those things were absolutely fabulous and i just oh i mean i loved it sharp that scarf both sharp of them that scarf both of them are played by co-writer nick lang Aw, I love when the writing team gets involved. Perfect. so cute. He's probably also an acting or whatever. But yeah. And what I also really liked about that is like they did the whole covering black and everything. Mm -hmm. But like some of the times I'm just like, I don't even see a person. That may just be because of where the shot is lined up for from the camera and everything. But like it was very no, most of the time, even from the side shots, because of the all black and uh, that scarf was beautiful so yes <laughs> my eye was drawn so <laughs> well and i think that again speaks to the technical prowess of the of the people who are putting it on because that's the whole point of the puppeteers you're not supposed to see them right like mm-hmm. that's regardless of whether it's the video that's capturing it or you're on stage or you're in the audience seeing it the puppeteer should disappear and you should be looking at whatever they're doing and i always look at the sorting hat and the scarf and the werewolf i never actually saw who was doing it well so and let's talk about props. even like what we're saying right now now in contrast to the first production they had paper dragons they were bringing out on stage and now they're like really putting time and effort and thinking like these werewolves these props that are characters all of this Mm -hmm. stuff i wonder now if they could go back in time would they change it would they make these dragons like a little more put a little more effort in but i also like the campiness of like the paper cut out dragons too because <laughs> like even even in this one and we didn't talk about it when they do the patronus at the end i was just yes. about to be- get out of my brain john oh, oh are we best friends for years now i uh, think we are i think it's great but like even then when they were clearly paper cutouts held by the shadow friends yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> whatever we want to call them like they are shadow the, friends the doubles of harry and company um those that was also i was like this is hilarious but also because of what those cutouts were <laughs> those patronuses were where i think one of yes. them was superman totally yes. was mm-hmm. yes but then but then the last one was the the doe or the stag or whatever the deer yeah so. let's throw an actual patronus charm in there just to make sure that we all remember the world that we're in right now <laughs> 
But also Which, there's Superman um, and Batman and Yes. Yeah. I mean, I will say that that's probably the honorable mention sharp that I will give is that scene between uh Ron and Hermione where he is talking about Spider-Man and Venom and it was an excellent moment of connection between the two of them because it's although I do not like the stereotype of I make fun of the girls that I like because, you know, that's what boys do. The fact that he had an authentic moment and he went Venom and Spider-Man are not the same thing. They have the same costume and the same powers, but Venom lets the evil control him. Spider-Man has too much love in his heart. And the redhead, Mary Jane, cares a lot about this nerd, even though it's a potato face nerd. And my heart was like, oh, baby, like way to make that way to make a connection was just super, super fabulous. And I mean, so those are really my two major sharps that I have of this show. I mean, obviously, besides the things that haven't been you know already mentioned by the two of you, but just authentic moments and, and technical prowess from first to second was just absolutely sublime. Just incredible. Uh, would you add any songs? from this to your life's playlist i didn't i don't think so i honestly i feel like it's special to the show yeah so many of these songs are so specifically set like maybe if i go back and rewatch it again i would change my mind try to apply something to me yeah yeah to have a home maybe the coolest girl, maybe. Coolest I would girl, totally maybe? do coolest yeah. girl in the world because of the fact that Steven mentioned Martha Dump Truck. Now it just makes me want to listen yeah. to it more. Yeah, that's that so... that's what got me where I was like, Oh yeah, this is kind of the uh yeah. kindergarten boyfriend of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, one last question before we get to plugs. Uh okay, so we did talk about like how great this is. If you were to force a friend to watch either this one or the original who has never seen anything Harry Potter, never read anything Harry Potter. I know what the answer is, but like, which one do you, would you make them watch? <laughs> I would make them watch this one, this second right. one. Yeah, immediately. of course. Cause like, I mean, even though there are still um, Easter eggy jokes from the first one, um, yeah. it is kind of an origin to make it understandable. So like they won't, probably be laughing out loud because of obviously we've seen the first the three of us have seen the first one and we know some of the bits and bobs that they're doing but like i feel like this is the one and maybe we'll revisit this question when we see the third one the third yeah i because i was gonna say i it's i'm torn i'm really torn on how to answer this because i i'm i love watching things in the order that they were released because in some ways i think like that's whether a choice by the person doing it like why wouldn't they have told that story to begin with sort of Mm -hmm. thing so but like when you look at like star wars or something you almost need you don't need to watch them in order and there are different things you appreciate about certain things the in the order that you watch like if you watch the original ones from the 70s released then you pick up and watch the new 2000s ones or 2000s 90s whenever they released and then you're right yeah yeah the episode one was 99 i believe but then the rest yeah. of them were early 2000s and then you yeah. watch the ones yeah. that came out in the 2010s late 2010s. exactly so like you're gonna pick up different things and find those like you say easter eggs so i would have to say if, if it was a completely new person i'd put them watching the second one first sure and then go back and watch the first one but then that gives them the liberty to then enjoy both separately and then they can watch it in the 
very Potter musical than the sequel order and then appreciate mm-hmm. the same things that we do. So I think I think you're right that the second one's probably the way to go for a non-Harry Potter fan. I just wanted to hear you guys if you agreed with me on that. <laughs> yeah, I, had, yeah, yeah. I had I had that thought during Chapter Five. I was like, you know what? Let's add it at the end. Why not? Yeah, that's, yes. no, that's it's a great question, and I love that you asked it. And on that note, Stephen and Mary, we're done with the episode. Ooh. Oh, time oh, flies know. when you're having fun with friends. I know, and we don't have a time turner, so we have. Damn to it! Oh, uh, what? I left it in my other pants. <laughs> what do you have to plug or promote oh man well we are just ending our first season we've covered 15 shows in depth this year yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, we are uh, we are going to release this upcoming week heather's the musical uh gonna be a couple parts in that one because we go deep dive into it and uh, we'll have our show notes episode and then we'll have another little fun couple bonus episodes that we'll do including probably our recording of this so that'll be good um and then just our socials so uh from the top underscore podcast at uh on instagram Mm -hmm. and please like follow subscribe hate us hate follow us please uh then i don't uh, hate follow you guys i love seeing your you your love follow images. us i know i Me, love following you. you pop up on our uh then uh if you want to really get you know into us we if you want the deep dive realness uh podcast from the top at gmail.com because we are building our season two as we as we speak and if you take a listen to us and you have an idea of a good show for us we would love to hear it uh we love all the love and hate and please swipe right (laughs) and if you i don't know want to tell me i'm wrong about and all these songs are hummable you can tell me that uh, you can email me up at a song at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at but a song pod uh do you agree with us that this is the stronger one so far out of the three because we haven't done the third one yet so please don't tell please don't say senior year yet because obviously we haven't talked about it uh and if you want to be part of I hate myself, but I love myself. Uh, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, happy 420, everyone. We're doing Reefer Madness. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, yay! I have referenced this show so much. We've uh, talked about it a lot. But we're doing yeah. the movie, so. Yes, yeah. I mean, of course, because, you know, They why pretty much you? took that stage version and made it into that film, yes. so. Sorry. And, they, and Christian, did, Kristen Bell, Christian Campbell, you get it. And they, uh, I mean, I've seen this movie so many times before, and I could speak to it right now. But I feel like they did um, what uh, stage to film adaptations should, should be. be doing, which is like expanding, enjoying yes. the fact that we're on film. Maybe I'll cut all this. I don't know. Uh, Who cares? Mary and Stephen, thank you so much for coming back on, even though I kind of forced you to. Ooh. 
you did not force <laughs> there was even no a little force. bit i literally I, immediately it was like oh my god john reached out he's ready to do this sequel and we both like cheered so it was good john, uh, it's always a wonderful time speaking with you because we we finally we're finding people who love the not even the same things that we love but have the same amount of energy diving into things and like i think that that is really important to find those people you can have conversations with and i i mean i won't speak for steven but i'll speak for me i love being able to sit and have a conversation with you because you're a great conversationalist so thank I you for try. having us on thank oh you. please and then and then we'll do senior year and then after that we'll figure something else out because i don't think i love I, it i mean as much as i would love for you guys to only do star kid i don't want to torture you to only do star kid <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean there I are will... some there are some great ones but thank you again so much everyone and thank you for listening and bye for now Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.